Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. there again and welcome to the Explaining History podcast and today I'm going to be talking uh, about the Armenians who fled their homeland during the First World War dreaming of returning um, to recapture it from the Ottomans and the plight of those uh, Armenians who were then um, enrolled or who volunteered for the Armenian Legion of the French Army, and the uh, betrayal that they experienced um, at the end of the war when the Middle East was divided between the victorious powers. Now, if you're a fan of the uh, brilliant journalist uh, Robert Fisk, whose writings on the Middle East are pretty much indispensable, you might have seen him um, review the same book I'm going to talk about by Susan Paul Patty um, in The Independent last week. Um, It's getting some real plaudits, and it's a fascinating story, one which um, really gets very little attention uh, indeed. The hope that uh, many Armenians... Um, fighting in the Légion d'Orient or the the Oriental Legion um, had was that they would be uh, able to fight in their homeland. Um, They would be part of the army of occupation of Armenia um, that would, uh, after the uh, Ottoman forces had been removed, would be part of the uh, reconstruction of Armenia. Um, However, the betrayal that they experienced at the hands of the French uh, and the British left large chunks of Armenia as part of the new Republic of Turkey. The context to uh, Armenian uh, participation in the war or uh, Armenia's uh, position in the war is, is really, really important to understand. So, 
At the beginning of the 20th century, most Armenians uh, lived within six vilayets of the uh, the Ottoman Empire, six provinces. Um, uh, however, some had migrated to cities such as, of course, Constantinople, and they were part of the fabric of the empire. They were looked to by the young Turks as a uh, part of a, a possible mo- modernizing coalition that could um, transform the empire. Um, in the uh, 1890s, they were subject to um, a series of uh, massacres by um, the uh, Sultan Abdul Hamid II. Um, and the uh, late 1890s saw the emergence, as I said, of, of the Young Turk movement. Um, but gradually in the 1910s, the Young Turk movement became less about modernising a multi-ethnic empire and creating a, a modern and progressive commonwealth of Ottoman peoples, and more uh, about uh, creating uh, or preserving what was left of uh, the Ottoman Empire. So it became very much kind of um, a Turkish chauvinism, as opposed to kind of uh, progressive uh, multi-ethnic uh, pluralism. Um, the uh, from nineteen o in nineteen o nine, a new series of massacres uh, of the Armenians began. The Adana massacre, um, in which twenty thousand Armenians uh, were murdered and their towns and villages were destroyed. Armenians also um, were subject to resentment across the Turkish Empire. Uh, as they were seen as having um, special status due to their uh, Christian religion. Now, this couldn't be further from the truth. Of course, within the Ottoman Empire, uh, non-Muslim subjects um, had, um, to some extent, um, protected status, though obviously the the, the murders of Armenians meant that they weren't being uh, protected from the state itself. Um, but they also had higher levels of taxation and other restrictive laws I- imposed upon them. The resentments towards um, Armenians were are typical of the the kind of the uh, prejudices and bigotries that you find in nearly all colonial societies towards minorities. And by late nineteen fourteen. Um, the idea of a kind of a multinational Ottoman Empire had uh, been replaced by a uh, a, a Turkish, uh, a Turkocentric uh, view of, of what the empire should be. Um, assimilation or annihilation became the options uh, to minorities. So uh, Susan Paul Patty writes, Unfortunately, many Armenians placed their hopes on the promises of intervention by Western powers during the First World War, particularly France and Great Britain. This proved to be a naive and treacherous belief, but as it was, their other chances were slim or non-existent. On the 24th of April 1915, intellectuals and leaders of the Armenian community in Constantinople were arrested, deported to the interior, and most were killed. Uh, with this uh, opening began months of mass deportations, rape, pillaging, executions, and ultimately genocide throughout the empire, but particularly focused on the six vilayets um, in the area of Sicilia. Attacked by Kurdish bands, goaded to their death by Turkish gendarmes and soldiers, 
Armenians were driven from their homes and an entire culture and way of indigenous way of life indigenous to the area was erased from the region. Most of those who did survive owed their lives to brave Turks, Kurds and Arabs and others, including Western missionaries, who took great risks to help Armenians as they were able. These included some important officials, both Turkish and Kurdish, mullahs and many ordinary folk who may be counted among the righteous. Very few Armenian towns and villages took up arms to resist and defend themselves. All but two uh, of these lost their greatly unequal battles. The people of Van were rescued after one month by uh, the nearby Russian army and Armenian volunteers. The more famous resistance is the 40 days of Musadag, um, which uh, also reached a successful ending as a French ship anchored near the bottom of the mountain uh, and rescued the people. So that gives you the, the context to the genocidal violence of the Ottoman Empire against the uh, Armenian people. When the uh, French warship that had um, rescued um, the Musadar Armenians um, arrived at Port Said in British-controlled Egypt, uh, the beginnings of uh, an Armenian legion um, were were possible. Uh, Four thousand Armenians had had escaped uh, down the side of the mountain um, to the sea um, to flee the Ottomans, um, and the first idea of using uh, Armenians as troops, uh, sort of auxiliary troops anyway, for the Allied armies, um, was made in November nineteen fourteen as part of a uh, British landing at Alexandretta. The, the British landings uh, um, at Alexandretta, um, or the, the question of Alexandretta, is one that famously divided the British and the French. Um, uh, James Barr's uh, A Line in the Sand goes into Alexandretta um, in great depth, and uh, had there been a successful landing there, it's entirely possible um, that the uh, the war against the Ottoman Empire, perhaps even the Central Powers, uh, could have been won. The uh, the French weren't too keen, however. With the shelving of the Alexandretta plan came the shelving of the uh, Armenian Legion that would be used to support it. The British thought that Armenian um, mobilisation uh, would lead to reprisals against the Armenians within the Ottoman Empire. Um, and they didn't wish to um, bring this about. Uh, they didn't also wish to be responsible for the uh, the, the mass killing of uh, Arme- Armenian peoples. The um, Armenians negotiating with the British and French wanted, in return for their cooperation, uh, an autonomous Armenia, which uh, would comprise of the six province- provinces, the... Um, uh, the six vilayets of Van, Erzurum, uh, Bitlis, Debekir, Sivaj, and Marmora Talaziz, um, in, uh, which are make up eastern Anatolia. Um, this would remain uh, within the boundaries of the Ottoman Empire, but be protected by the Allies. So the Armenians initially weren't asking for a breakup of the Ottoman Empire, they were asking for special status within it. The chief Armenian negotiator, Bogos Nubar, wrote in May 1915 to Sir Francis Bertie, who was the British ambassador to France, um, and he wrote that the Triple Entente inspires us Armenians 
in, in us Armenians confidence for an approaching salvation and the accomplishment of our national goals through raising their voices in favour of the Armenians who have been subject to Turkish harassment for centuries and by officially declaring themselves as protectors of our unfortunate nation. So throughout the war, um, there were similar um, similar voices uh, from Poles to Zionists to uh, Czechs and Slovaks um, to uh, the um, Serb and Croats who were looking to create uh, the Yugoslav kingdom. All uh, placing their faith in the uh, Allied powers, hoping that something would um, w- would come of it. Um, Britain had little interest in Armenia, um, looking to um, Mesopotamia or modern day Iraq really for its uh, its interests. Um, the British wanted to defeat. Constantinople quickly before uh, the Russians arrived there. Of course, uh, up until 1916, this was a distinct possibility. Um, During 1915, they focused their efforts on on the Dardanelles. The British rejected proposals for the Armenian Legion even till August 1915. One of the um, features of of the First World War was this desire to prevent people... Uh, peoples from fighting, um, fighting too well, uh, from having too much of a seat at the negotiating table. Uh, this is one of the reasons why, when approached by uh, Yuan Shikai, the Chinese dictator, um, Woodrow Wilson, uh, Yuan Shikai offered half a million Chinese soldiers for the Western Front. Woodrow Wilson declined not wanting to take him up in his offer, because by putting um, him, at the Chinese, at the negotiating table, they'd be able to um, throw off Western imperialism in China, and particularly Japanese imperialism in China, and Wilson wanted to keep the British, the French, and the Japanese suite in order to form the, the League of Nations. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, so having the Armenians fight too well would have been, uh, by ni- in 1915, um, a, bit of a, a bit of a nuisance. Um, the British um, made fairly kind of weak arguments uh, about um, the, their concern for the well-being of the uh, Armenians, uh, knowing full, in full uh, well that massacres were already ongoing. And the um, they had already kind of openly condemned these in a joint statement in May 1915. Susan Paul Patty writes, The Armenians' encampment at Port Said spurred a new wave of negotiations among Allied and Armenian officials around the possibility of enlisting these refugees as auxiliary fighters. Um, it, set the new sta- it set the new stage for French-Armenian collaboration. The refugees, looking to the French for help, and in part owing their lives to the French humanitarian mission, were willing as a sign of gratitude to work loyally for France's success. Moreover, by the end of 1915, the Gallipoli campaign had become a dismal failure. So it's the the failure of Gallipoli that starts to change British and American minds, British and French minds, I beg your pardon. Not only did this military fiasco compel the Allies to look for a new front to outflank Ottoman forces and knock them out of the war, but uh, also acquire the regions they considered post-war spoils, namely Mesopotamia, the Levant and Sicilia. Consequently, the French, who saw Levant and Sicilia um, as their traditional zone of interest, feared their outnumbering by British troops in Egypt and loss of regional control. The British were also disgruntled by the presence of Armenians at Port Said, whom they saw as a financial burden and a prospective and prospective troublemakers. They also saw them as being essentially French stooges. The scarcity of monetary contributions or relief from the Armenian community of Egypt exacerbated the situation. Confusion emerged about what to do with the Armenian refugees, and they became a matter of correspondence between the French ministry and the Armenian representatives in Egypt when efforts to send them to Italy, Cyprus or Morocco failed. British military authorities in Cairo inquired whether the French authorities proposed to make any use of the Armenians they brought there. Otherwise, the British planned to send them to Gallipoli and Mudros, where they would be of great use as work, uh, workers on imperial construction sites in exchange for their admittance to safety in Egypt. However, the French were not only pressured against this proposal by the Armenians, um, but had other intentions for the Musadag uh, refugees. The French War Ministry thought it was necessary to form additional fighting units to counterbalance the British presence in the Levant, which is present-day Syria and Lebanon, given the heavy casualties the French troops had suffered in Gallipoli and on the European fronts. There was a lengthy period of training uh, for the uh, uh, mainly French-led um, Armenians um, who would fight under the command of both the British and, and the French later on. Um, the war uh, saw them fight in Palestine, but the main ambition of Armenian uh, legionnaires was to fight in Sicilia, the um, eastern Anatolian provinces which would make up uh, present-day uh, Armenia. The legionnaires 
hadn't reckoned on there being uh, really pawns in um, a bigger imperial game. They assumed, um, in a, a degree of naivety, that they would be given uniforms, arms and training and set loose to defend uh, their own interests. Instead, they were used mainly for uh, fighting um, to liberate Palestine, and it was assumed that they would make their way eastwards to uh, liberate their homelands and uh, save what was left of their people. However, this was very far down on the priorities of the, the British and the French. Susan Paul Patty writes... From the first mention of the formation of the legion, the goal was to reach Sicilia and defend what was left of the Armenian people, their towns and villages. The hopes of the legionnaires were focused on their original lands, the fate of their families, and on building a future out of the ruins. Independent Sicilia was the dream, and until the end, the men were frequently encouraged by colonial powers to believe that this could be achieved. One Armenian diarist mentioned... Uh, that high-ranking French officials and officers uh, spoke about this uh, with them, including uh, Dr Louis Roland, the chief physician of the armed forces, who later commanded considerable authority. Apparently, he expressed the opinion that in a short time, the creation of a Sicilian republic um, for Armenians would cease uh, to be only a wish and would become a reality. Colonel Edouard Bremond, um, chief of the French supervision in Sicilia, initially presented himself as governor of Armenia and Sicilia. Following the armistice of Mudros in October 1918, ending hostilities in the Middle East, the region was divided between the British and the French. However, in a further complication of this process, it became clear that the French were not prepared to expend further lives and financial resources on its occupation where serious resistance was found. Such resistance was presented in Sicilia, exactly the area where the Armenians had believed they would receive the support of the French and the British. The Armenians who made it back to from the Legion to Armenia uh, at the end of the war, who were demobilised, were uh, briefly under the protection of the, the British and the French. Um, however, the British um, had uh, lost interest in the area fairly quickly, um, focusing on their uh, their own interests, particularly on the uh, newly found oil of Mosul. And the French had also little desire to uh, wage war uh, in order to protect the Armenians, and the French who remained became increasingly distrusted by the Armenians. And, of course, you have the resurgence of um, Turkish, uh, of new Turkish nationalism, uh, under Mustafa Kemal at this time and the um, internal politics, sort of revanchist politics um, of the uh, what remains of the Ottoman Empire um, developing. And so the populations of, of uh, the Turkish populations um, of the uh, Vilayets of Sicilia uh, were not minded to um, see themselves ceded over to being part of a, a, an independent or a semi-autonomous um, uh, Armenian state. The Armenians, as I previously mentioned, um, hoped that the British and the French would um, stick around to establish uh, a protectorate for them in uh, the Ottoman Empire. And at some point they even looked 
um, to see if, if America might step in to be uh, their um, patron uh, or patron power. For a while, between them, the French, uh, or mainly French colonial troops, uh, Senegalese and Algerians, uh, and Armenians uh, policed the, the new Viliets, uh, or the uh, Armenian Sicilia. Um, however, it, there was clearly the development of um, ethnic rivalries uh, emerging, uh, um, the kind of Balkan, quite literally Balkanized. Um, Turkish-Armenian um, clashes that were developing within the region and high levels of Turkish anxieties that they might now be subsumed into an Armenian state and be the ethnic minority. The British um, let their Turkish uh, prisoners of war go eventually who uh, went straight to the front line uh, many of whom armed themselves along the way or retrieved their arms that the British had um, kept, had seized from them. And they made their way to Marash, which was the going to be the flashpoint of ethnic violence. Um, and the uh, British, in typical fashion, um, if you consider the relations between the British and the French between the end of the First and the end of the Second World Wars, almost actively sabotage uh, French operations in the area by sending uh, a, an armed and um, revanchist um, party of Turkish soldiers or um, a large uh, number of Turkish soldiers uh, against the French. Days of fighting uh, at Marash um, saw thousands of uh, Armenians killed. Um, the... The French made token efforts to to prevent this, um, and the um, very abrupt exit of the British and French uh, from the region in general um, saw a huge um, mass migration again, a mass flight of Armenians, some into Russia, uh, many um, attempting to, to leave um, to Europe and America. And there were those that fled to Lebanon and Syria, um, along with their French patrons who dominated those two uh, colonies until the Second World War, protectorates, should I say, um, despite the misgivings they, they had towards the French. So what we have here is the intersection of um, great power imperial politics with the ambitions uh, for national sovereignty and survival. And it's a story that we see replicated again and again throughout the two to three years after the, the First World War. Anyway, The Armenian Legionnaires by Susan Paul Patty is uh, an excellent read. Um, you can find it in all good bookshops, published by my good friends I.B. Taurus, and uh, I recommend it to anyone who really wants to find uh, a, a a deeper narrative about the First World War, and uh, one which is kind of very often obscured from us, and the, the complications of making peace. Anyway, thanks very much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. All the best. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.